welcome to At The Crossroads for this week. On last week's programme, I gave a briefing of the music of East Clare, and following on from that, we're going to dive into music from the west part of the county today. There are, it seems, three subtle differentiations when talking about music under the banner of West Clare. There's the area of the southwest, which includes the Loophead Peninsula, and villages near it like Carrigaholt, Kilkee, Kilrush and Myasta. And then there's the area further north, which has some very prominent places like Cora Clare, Quilty, Cor and Milton Malbay. And finally, there's an area which has also been referred to as the Fergus Valley and is further inland, going further east, and closer in proximity to the large town of Ennis. Such places as Ina, Connolly and Kilmainy are located here, and I take it to be the mass of land in and around the bogs of Loch Acro, Cragnashingone and Loch Namina. These distinctions are mentioned by Niall Keegan in his article Traditional Music in County Clare from 2008. Here are two quotes from that article which also mention some of the big names in music to be found here. He begins, The region of southwest Clare, emanating north and east from the Loophead Peninsula, is often seen as a stylistic entity in its own right. The region is seen as being musically connected with Kerry and West Limerick through the influence of travelling teachers and performers such as George Whelan and Pat Barron. This is evidenced by the popularity of tune types such as polkas and slides, which would be more normally associated with traditions of Cork and Kerry. These tune types can be heard in the repertoire of such legendary musicians as Junior Crehan from Mullock, John Kelly from Cree, and Solace Lillis from Cora Clare. Perhaps the dominant figure in the traditional music scene in this region in the 20th century was Mrs. Crotty. End quote. Patrick Kelly's father, Tim, as well as the oft-revered fiddle player Denny Meskell, took a huge influence in terms of repertoire from the aforementioned George Whelan. In an interview with Dublin's Mick O'Connor in 1972, Patrick Kelly says, My father got a heap of music from George Whelan, the blind fiddler that came from Kerry maybe 80 years ago or thereabouts, which would have been around the 1880s. And he left a lot of music here in West Clare. He would have stayed a very long time here because a good part of the music in West Clare that I heard was played and taught by George Whelan, end quote. Dancing masters like Pat Barron and Tady Casey were also important figures in the area, area during the late 19th century and helped to preserve and transmit music in that part of the county. Tady was known for his strict regimen when teaching his students but was respected as a very adept dancer, teacher and fiddler. Like most of Clare, set dancing formed an important part of the social fabric up until about the 1950s when the demise of the sets in day-to-day life was affected by the often-mentioned Public Dance Halls Act and then by the influx of popular music. But to understand the context for a lot of Clare music, one must at least make passing reference to the connection between the music itself and the regularity of house dances, crossroads dances and the importance placed on teaching and learning dance steps in the area. Patrick Kelly, although having played for many house dances in his time, was a little bit off-kilter in some sense as he played in a highly personal style and didn't interact with the social music scene as much as many of his fellow musicians would have. He wasn't a drinker and he didn't think highly of musicians' lifestyle of late nights and their adverse effect on farming and family responsibilities, according to the 2005 thesis by Brendan Taff. Although his recorded output was limited, we do have a number of field recordings or private recordings from his son, Tom Kelly, as well as from some efforts made by Seamus McMahona and Sean O'Reilly. 
The opening track of music came from 1977 and featured the other Kelly family, whose father, John Kelly Sr., was from Kilbalion originally, but uh, moved to Dublin in 1945. He had a renowned hardware shop on Capel Street, the Horseshoe, and was a prominent member of the Dublin traditional Irish music scene. His sons, uh, James and John Jr., were reared in Dublin. And we will come back to John Junior towards the or John Senior rather towards the uh, end of the program. But for now, we'll roll back the clock and play a few tracks from the Cree fiddle player Patrick Kelly. The tune is a slide named after Denny Meskell, one of Kelly's good friends, who, as I said, learned many tunes directly from George Whelan of Kerry. And you can hear that distinct connection coming through in the choice of tune, which is a slide. <laughs> Kelly there with a slide from Denny Maskell. You can hear his sharp C in the B part there, which is an interesting feature of older traditional musicians. I'd like to touch on this again, the use of, I suppose, what you'd call the Lydian mode, perhaps even dedicated an entire show to it, uh, but again, that's for another day. So we'll move we'll move forward. Um, another massive influence on the music of County Clare, and, and really in Ireland as a whole, was the blind piper Garrett Barry from Ina. He travelled and taught music around County Clare and has been written about in high esteem by Francis O'Neill. Willie Clancy's father, Gilbert, learned music from Garrett Barry and many would have considered Willie to have embodied the style of Garrett Barry even though Barry died in 1899 and the two, well, obviously they never met. Another student of Barry was Mrs Ellen Galvin. She was known as Nell or simply Mrs Galvin and came from near Kilmihill and played fiddle and concertina though it's said that she could play any instrument that was brought to her. With her direct connection through Barry, she carried an important thread that stretched back to the music of the pre-famine period. Importantly, several recordings of Galvin's music survive and exhibit many rudiments of the fiddle playing that you might find in this region, such as sliding into notes and florid ornamentation. But, as the next piece of music will show, Galvin's music had something otherworldly or antiquated about it also. You can hear her bow work on this slow air is quite aggressive and her style of double stops are very dissonant, using what I think are perfect fourth intervals by simply doubling the note across the string. And interestingly enough, the famous bluegrass and country fiddler Benny Martin was well known for his employment of this very kind of double stopping on his recordings in the 1940s and 1950s. 
I didn't have a name attached to this air. Maybe it's a version of the blackboard, but I'm not sure. At any rate, it's an incredible historical document and encompasses so much meat on the bone. The recording quality is rough, and I apologise for the hum that undercuts the track. It's also quite an ask at over five minutes in length. But if for nothing else, just bear in mind that this music reaches back into the 19th century, and that alone is pretty special.
Well, there you have it now. That's Mrs. Galvin. And I'm not going to leave it at that. It's really worth hearing her interpretations of some more standard dance tunes. So first up, a reel called The Flowing Bowl, where again, her bowing style is very aggressive and contrasts much to players in the east of the county, such as, say, Paddy Canny, whom I played for you last week. And then a jig, which I think has Scottish origins, Alistair's March. And to my ear, you can really hear the influence of piping in her playing here. And thoughts of Garrett Barry course through my mind upon hearing it. Thank you. 
Mrs Galvin wasn't the only prominent woman on the traditional music circuit in West Clare at the turn of the 20th century. Another woman, Mrs Elizabeth Crossy, would inspire a whole generation of concertina players before with her playing. Born Elizabeth Markham in 1885 in Coeur de she spent most of her life in Kilrush after marrying Patrick Galvin. Here's an example of her sprightly playing two reels, the wind that shakes the barley and the reel with the barrel. These are two tunes associated with her, in fact, and Noel Hill recorded her version of the first tune many decades later. earlier that the influence of travelling musicians from Kerry could be heard in the repertoire of South West Clare, where polkas and slides are not uncommon. Mrs Crotty displays this liking for such tunes also and here's an example, a polka on Gaurin Bui, and then we'll have a song from her as well. Singing is a very big thing in West and South West Clare, mostly in the English language and what's particularly interesting about this one is that it stretches far back to the turn of the 20th century I'll let her introduce it herself to Drainin Down. song there, the drain on down, an old one that you heard long ago. Tell us where you heard it. Oh, I heard oh. it from an old woman 
by the name of Mrs. Lillis from Cora Clare. Was that long ago? Oh, it's 45 years ago. And, and she was an old woman at the time? She was. And she was really, she had a lot of old traditional songs and I fancied this one and got it from her. And of late I'm captivated by a handsome young man And I'm daily complaining of my old darling John I'll be roving all the day until the long night comes on I'll be shaded and sheltered by the drying and on Next fair day I'll get a present from a handsome young man And twenty sweet kisses from my own darling John Confusion consume them, who says I'm not true Through green groves and valleys I'll wander too and my love, he is far finer than a fine summer's day. His breath is far sweeter than the newly mowed hair. His hair is like gold when exposed to the sun. And he takes his denomination from the drying and then. And I wish I had a small boat on the ocean I float to follow my true love wherever he goes. I'd rather have my true love to roll sport and play than all the golden treasures beneath land and sea. And all you pretty fair men's case married in time. Just a man, some young fellow will keep up your pride. Beware of winter's evening when gold breezes comes on. You'll be shaded and sheltered by the drying and then. The drying down there by uh, Mrs. Crotty. Now, it's true to say, fiddles and concertinas do make up the majority of staple music in County Clare, but in all honesty, you can't go very far without taking your hat off to one of the greatest pipers of the 20th century, Willie Clancy. And as I mentioned earlier, it was Willie's father who learned from the blind piper, Garrett Barry, and Willie, after initially learning his craft on the flute, decided to pick up the pipes after hearing the music of travelling piper Johnny Doran, who was in Clare in the 1930s. And with that decision, he became one of the most influential pipers in the history of the piping tradition, uh, in the piping tradition as we know it. I've decided to pick two tracks for demonstration, the first of which is a set of good old piping jigs down the back lane and Sergeant Arley's, and then a tune called Garrett Barry's Mazurka.
Zorka there from Willie Clancy, named after Garrett Barry, probably the source for the tune. And it's commonly played today under the title Sonny's Mazorka, referring to the accordionist Sonny Brogan. But Clancy's version has that very lonesome C natural in the B part, which really sets it apart and reminds me of the simple power of just one well-selected note. Here's a selection of reels from Willie Clancy now with Joe Leary on fiddle from the Fla in Kill Rush in 1963, which was broadcast on TV. Uh, two reels, the flogging reel and the sligo maid.
Clancy and Joe Leary there. Now, Martin Talty is another man who I would have loved to uh, demonstrate the music of. He was a close contemporary of Clancy and a piper himself. But uh, the uh, recorded material is uh, very hard to find, unfortunately. So, someday. We'll go back to some fiddle music now and uh, another joint in the region. Uh, Junior Crehan, born Martin Crehan uh, in Ballymackay near Mullock in 1908 and lived right up until 1998. And he left behind a legacy of many non-commercial recordings and uh, lots of compositions, uh, a large number of which are today session standards. You probably know some of them, the Miscovered Mountain, the Otter's Halt, Farewell to Milltown Malbay, all fantastic compositions with a, an unmistakable lonesome West Clare quality. And a collection of his uh, mu- recordings were released on double CD, indeed, uh, called The Last House in Bally McKay. Crehan was also a singer and composed songs, including one as a tribute to Willie Clancy after his passing in 1973. And in a similarly sombre fashion, he composed an air to honour the traditional country house dance after its decline from the 1930s onwards. Um, he's going to explain a little bit about the... Uh, lifestyle changes after the implementation of the Dance Halls Act and the political issues leading up to it. Um, then he's going to play his air, The Lament for the Country House Dance. Then a couple of tunes, Farewell to Milton Malbay and Mother's Delight. And finally, we'll hear his tribute to Willie Clancy. Well, in my early days, we had a, what we called the Country House Dance, where all the neighbours accumulated with Sunday night or holiday night. And we had the crossroad dance in the summertime. And then De Valera got into power and he kept the annuities that were supposed to be paid to the English government. He kept back the annuities and they put a tariff in everything that we sold. And prices fell down to the dirt. You might go to six fair before you would sell a cow or a bullock. And then people had a lot of turkeys and geese and no one to buy him. And there were people going around with loads of meat around trying to sell it. It was an awful time. There was money very scarce. Well, they started to organise tournaments. There'd be car play for three geese, or three turkeys, or maybe three bonnets, or a bull calf. And there'd play everything in the country house. Well, if we made five pounds the night of that tournament, you were lucky. To the shilling, a man. The girls were free in some places and sixpence in other houses. But if we could say you called the five pound out your own, you were lucky. And you had to make money somewhere. You had to pay the priests and you had to pay rent and rates. And the fairs were deadly. And there was an odd start of the IRA at the time. They wanted the 32 counties of Ireland united and there was another organisation started which failed and the government thought that some of the money that was made in the farmers' houses was going to legal organisations and they passed a law forbidding all country house dances and the country house was the place where we learned to play music, to sing and to dance was old school. Well then the Dance Hall Act was passed about 1935 or 6 and the clergy had a charge of the Dance Hall and there was three pence to the shilling tax paid to the government 
out of every ticket that was going into the Nansar. So the priest would make the money and so did the government. And our traditions were trampled on. We had nowhere to go to play music. We couldn't fit in with the hall where they had foreign stuff, jazz, foxtots and things. And a lot of the young boys, musicians and dancers, immigrated to England and America. And there were very few people left to carry on their traditions and Irish culture. So music was almost gone. And cultus, cultoria and started an organization and they brought whatever musicians were left together and it started from there and thank God it has come back again better than ever. But our school was the country house dance and if to left alone there'd be no need of courses. Thank you. 
He was king of the music, no please do not argue with me. But he's gone, he has left us, his face we will never more see. Oh, pleasant on an evening to visit the house of Tom Friel, to hear his sweet music, a queen, a jig, or a reel. And in a good yarn or a song with the pipes on his knee, but he is gone, he has left us, poor Willie Astor Mohree. In a dream when he died, I was taken to heaven's gold gate. Before Peter arrived, I sat myself under a seat. This tall man then came with a long wooden box in his hand, and slowly he strolled before Peter and there took his stand. He addressed the good saint in a voice that was trembling and low. Will you look in your book and please show me where I have to go? The saint looked in his book and he stopped when he came to page four. Sam Bowling, Willie Clancy, you are welcome from where the green shore. You made people happy when you were near down below. You played your sweet music to gladden the young and the old. You were generous and kind, and that's the big secret you know. And that's for your page in my book, as it's white as the snow. Now when they had gone in, I slipped out from under the seat. And I took a peep right in through the bars of the gate. There were rosoms and dorns, patsy too, he blind garret likewise. Cared for to their garret, I know of the sight in my eyes. I awoke in the morning to find that my eyes were red. And my wife said to me, and these are the words that she said. You were crying all the night in your sleep, but alone some horn. Nina horn to their mission. Or know that poor Willie is gone. Had I all the gold or the wealth that this world ought on, all the land or the riches from here to the county Tyrone, I gladly would change them for one of their session with thee in sweet Milton Melba again in the house of Tom Friel. There you had a selection of music from Junior Crehan. What a touching rendition there of his own song, The Lament for Willie Clancy. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I could really feel a very lonesome and, and very genuine touch in that uh, lament for the country house dance as well. And and that just seeps into his playing of dance tunes like you heard in that set of reels. Kind of very quintessentially West Clare. Very quintessentially Clare in general, I suppose. Lovely, lovely stuff. Now, Junior learned a lot of his fiddle playing from the brothers or perhaps cousins. I haven't been able to clarify that, but Thady and Scully Casey. And Scully was the father of another big name in West Clare fiddle playing, one Bobby Casey. Now, it's worth noting that Gadot O'Halveron puts Bobby Casey in the Fergus Valley bracket of regional styles, but these areas overlap and can be considered pretty close to each other, if different at all. Regardless of the geographical technicalities, one can't help but admit that Bobby's fiddle playing certainly possesses a very florid appeal. 
1952, Casey emigrated to London and became a popular fixture on the traditional music scene there. And although he recorded a little bit in a few commercial ventures, the vast majority of his material is taken from private recordings, and in fact there is quite a number of them. I'll give you a few examples of his very interesting takes on tunes and approach to variation. And I think it was Mircea Rochon and John Kelly Jr. who both separately said that Bobby always had a bit of a joviality and messing kind of personality with his playing. Um, he was always joking about and stuff in real life. So it was very much reflected in his music. And you'll get a sense of that here. First up, the hornpipe Paul Haypenny, then his version of the College Groves. And in typical Claire fashion, I've decided to end the Bobby Casey selection with a song indeed from Bobby Casey, a fine singer and a song, Sweet Inish Cara.
Strokes. Strangers far, far from my home and beautifully, I have suffered alone with hardships and dangers. I braved every storm by land and by sea. Through Columbia's wild forest and in these spicy bowers, the far, far rivers whose sands are of gold. I have sighed for thee still, midst the birds and the bowers. I love thee and will. Till this heart will grow cold. I have roamed with fair maidens, With dark flowing traces, And sweet beaming eyes that shone kindly on me. 
what I think with regret of the smiles and caresses of this fair-haired young maiden who dwell by the lea. I will call back again, but she's not in her bower, where the river flows fast with its calm tiny waves. I have called her in vain from her inbury crown tower where sweet in his care or shadows her grave dear home of my child turned the ruin has fallen the far ones to love me will guide me no more when I think of the past dearest vision recalling and the green grass is grown on the step by my door Bobby Casey there with a selection of tracks and uh, I played him in the introductory episode of the podcast, one of the introductory episodes and no doubt I'll be coming back to his music plenty of more times in the future. Well, uh, another uh, fiddle player who was uh, a big name in the music of, uh, according to Carrot O'Halloran, the Fergus Valley, was Joe Ryan. Uh, we lump him in with this crowd of musicians for today anyway, and uh, indeed it would be uh, geographically accurate to assume some differences of style, considering that Ryan is from near Kildamona, which in turn is located quite close to Ennis and more, I suppose, in central Clare. Anyway, he recorded commercially, including a solo album titled Unbuchel Drote, and from that record we're going to take a barn dance Ochadon house. Although actually he calls it a march. Hmm, interesting. Make your own mind up on this one.
Joe Ryan there with a lovely tune, Ocadon House. Now, there are many other musicians from West Clare and the Fergus Valley region that influenced the soundscape of the region, uh, but time, as per usual, is going to catch up on us. And instead of getting too ahead of myself and boldly assuming that you all have the patience to keep your ears glued to the music and information, which of course I'm hoping you do in any case, but I'm going to finish off with three more greats in the field for today. There's plenty more I'd like to have talked about Michael Tuberty, Solace Lillis, uh, the aforementioned Martin Talty, and loads more, no doubt. Um, but I've whittled it down to these final three people to finish with for, well, no real reason other than that I think that you should hear them um, and I'm certainly not putting them ahead of the aforementioned people. Uh, I guess they were easier to find music of as well. Concertina first and to Paddy Murphy from Fia Crow in a part of Clare that is near to Kilmaley and not too far from Ennis. Uh, so maybe to Fergus Valley, probably more so than West Clare if you, if you want to get into those technicalities again. He was a very influential player, particularly in regard to his advances on the technical elements of the instrument. And he played with a local Cayley band called the Fiek Row Cayley Band and also with musicians of note in his locality. We're going to hear him play a lovely reel, Sean Sekio. Then we'll move to Padro Lachlan, who was from Kilmaney and first made his name as a flute player, but also he played the pipes and fiddle and returned to playing fiddle more prominently in his later years, including uh, releasing a few albums with uh, Ronan Brown, the great piper. He played for many years with the Tullochaley Band, uh, which would mean he walked that borderline between both East and West Clare. And he featured on that seminal recording, All-Ireland Champions Violin, which I featured on last week's programme. But a very limited amount of material is available of his early flute playing career, it seems. Uh, from a collection of field recordings of Paddy Murphy in good hands, I have him playing the flute in duet with Paddy on the real Bunker Hill. And to finish us off this week, we'll go back to where we started with John Kelly on the concertina and his unusual version of the Bunch of Green Rushes and then the same tune played on fiddle. Now, it's interesting to compare both versions, which are very different. His concertina double stops are intriguing, to be honest with you. And I do wonder if these were inspired from Nell Galvin's unusually employed uh, perfect fourth double stops that I mentioned earlier on. And as always, if you have any comments, queries or suggestions or simply just want to say hello, my email address is patrickcumminsmusic at gmail.com. And as you are probably aware, social media isn't my thing, so I'm depending on word of mouth to get this podcast out to a broader audience. Please, please, please do let other interested parties know about the podcast. I'm here for free every Tuesday on Spotify and Acast. And all I ask in return is, if you do indeed enjoy my musical selection and accompanying ramblings, then tell others about it. It's the it's the one way that I can spread the tradition to other people. Pull my weight, so to speak. And you can help me and the tradition too. <laughs> okay, I'll leave you and love you. Have a great week and see you next time at the Crossroads. Thank <laughs> you.